from Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's time for the Gospel Mailbox with Donnie Bryson. If you would like to contact the ministry, you may call Donnie at 423-355-3859. Write Donnie at P.O. Box 2446, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37409. Or email him at this email address, preacher at gospelmailbox.org. And now for today's lesson, here's Donnie Bryson. And welcome to another treatment of the International Sunday School Lesson. Today's lesson is entitled, Zechariah Hears from God. And it's taken from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 8 through 20. And it's for December the 4th, 2022, winter quarter, lesson number 1. Now a little background information. Today's story is about the proclamation of the birth, the upcoming birth of John the Baptist. And it was a miraculous conception that John the Baptist was brought into this world because his parents were very, very well along in age. And also, too, it's important for us to realize that John the Baptist was prophesied about in the Old Testament. The book of Malachi, Malachi, the third chapter, verses one and two, behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. Malachi went on to say in chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet. Before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will return, he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And John the Baptist was a mighty prophet of God, who proclaimed the truth, who prepared the way before the Lord. He was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was completely in God's plan. That was completely prophesied. Okay? Now, John 10, 40 and 41, talking about John the Baptist. And he went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first, and there he remained. And many came to him, and they said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true. 
And see, that was the one thing about John the Baptist. We have no indication and no testimony in the Gospels where John the Baptist performed any kind of miracle or miraculous sign. But Jesus called John the Baptist the greatest prophet of the Old Testament covenant, that there hasn't been anyone like him. And there is a lot of debate. There's a lot of debate on the two witnesses in the book of Revelations. And some assert, and they have some reasons for it, you know, but some assert that Elijah is one of those witnesses in the book of Revelations. However, multiple times where it is stated in the Gospels that John the Baptist was actually that fulfillment of the coming of Elijah before the coming of the Lord. And, you know, again, you know, it's one of those kind of things that I'm not going to be debating with anybody about, but um, I am very convinced that John the Baptist was Elijah. And the reason B is because Jesus said he was. Now, I do realize that in the gospel, there was once he was asked if he was Elijah and John said he wasn't. But I think that was just because John wasn't very self-aware. He knew who Jesus was, but I don't think at that moment he actually knew exactly who he was. Okay? Luke 1, 8 and 9. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Now, this was a very high, high honor. In fact, the pulpit commentary brings out that the Talmud says that the priests were not, if they were chosen by lot to offer the incense, they were not allowed to even enter that lot during that same week because it was such a very high honor to offer that incense in the temple. Okay? Now, we know that in Numbers, Numbers 16 and 40, to be a reminder of the people of Israel so that no outsider who is not of the descendants of Aaron should draw near to burn incense before the Lord, lest he become like Korah and his company, as the Lord said to him through Moses. So in other words, you had to be of a certain lineage to be able to offer that incense. And if you tried to uh, usurp authority or force your way in, that you would be struck dead. It was a very serious thing to uh, offer that incense. Okay? Luke 1, 10, and 11. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side 
of the altar of incense. Now, one of the things that I do want to point out is the fact that this incense, as the aroma goes up, is a symbolism of the prayer of the saints of God. And these people at the time, they were not lost on that imagery. They were outside offering up their prayers to God while Zechariah was in there presenting the incense. Now, one of the most beautiful images I know of in the book of Revelation is the imagery of the saints of God's prayers coming up as incense. Revelations 8, 3, and 4. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Friends, we need to pray without ceasing. We need to seek the face of God. We need to have the prayers, our prayers to go up continually before the Lord God of hosts. Okay? Luke 1, 12 and 13. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now we see here how that when Zechariah is spoken to, from just the angel, fear fell upon him. And this is a very common thing throughout the Bible. We read in Judges 6 and 22, Then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord, and Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Judges 13, 22, and Manoah said to his wife, we shall surely die. We have seen God. Daniel 10 and 7, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled and hid themselves. Mark 16 and 5, and entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. Revelations 1 and 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, and he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Now, one of the things that I wanted to, reason why I, I quoted so many of those verses, is that I want to make a point that when you read in the Bible and people have that encounter with God, a true, visible, or audible encounter with God 
it is always followed with respectful fear. Now, occasionally you'll hear people stand up in church and they'll be testifying and everything. And they will talk about how that uh, them and God were carrying on a conversation and, and they're talking to God like he was their best buddy and, and no kind of fear, no kind of emotional context to it. And I'm kind of troubled a little bit by that. Now, God did move on me as far as conviction went when I was under conviction before I got saved. There were multiple times, and I felt the move of God in my heart. Did not hear an audio, audible voice, but I did feel the move of God in my heart. When God called me in the ministry, I felt a move of God deep in my heart. You know, so I've experienced that kind of God messaging me. But I have only heard his voice one time. And you can believe this or not. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to tell you the story. Tell you what happened to me. I had really messed my back up bad. And it was so bad that uh, I couldn't even hardly walk. Uh, there were times I would be in the floor crawling where I could not walk. And that's how bad my back was messed up. And it had been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I was laying in bed. And I heard an audible voice. Get up. Walk in the kitchen. It terrified me. I was afraid. But I got up. And as I walked through the kitchen, I was all humpered, hunkered down till I got to the kitchen, about halfway through the kitchen, walking through the kitchen. The pain completely, utterly left my back. It did not return. And again, you can believe that or not, but I'm here to tell you that was a very emotional Thing. I did not feel like I was talking and hearing from my best bud. It wasn't like I was another man talking to me. It wasn't like my wife talking to me. It wasn't like one of my kids talking to me. It scared me to death. I was terrified. And I am a little bit leery of people talking about God talking to them. And they're at the... Uh, the grocery aisle at the at the store and God tells them to get two percent milk instead of whole milk and it's just like they're just you know talking with whoever God ain't whoever he is the Lord God Almighty when you communicate when he communicates with you you are scared and respectful okay Luke 1, 14 and 15. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Now, this is another reason why 
I believe that John the Baptist was Elijah because that is a very unique condition to be filled with the Holy Spirit from your mother's womb. And we know that there's testimony of that. Luke 1, 41 through 44. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. The forerunner of Jesus knew he was there even from the womb. And we know how that the arrival of John the Baptist did bring a lot of joy in the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Luke 1.58, And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. Okay. Luke 1.16 and 17, And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before them in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. See, this is the prophecy again stated that he would be come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Now we know in Mark 9, 11 through 13, and they asked him, this is Jesus they asked, and they asked him, why do the scribes say the first Elijah must come? And he said to them, Elijah does come first to restore all things, and how it is written of the Son of Man that he should suffer many things and be retreated with contempt. But I tell you that Elijah has come. And they did not, and they did to him whatever they pleased as it is written of him. Then in Matthew 17, 12, and 13, but I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased so also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. So again, I'm going to reiterate how that Jesus is talking to them about John the Baptist being the fulfillment of Elijah. And there's those two separate verses in the Bible where that is real clear 
that Jesus is saying that. Again, I do realize and do know that there is that other time where John the Baptist is asked if he was Elijah, and he said no. But I don't think John the Baptist was fully aware of who he was. I don't believe he was lying. I believe he was mistaken. And what we have there is a verse in the Bible of someone making a statement, and it is completely 100% true that he made the statement. That's what the infallibility means. It does not mean that every statement that was made by any of the characters in the Bible is true. Okay? Luke 1 and 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And it was miraculous that John the Baptist was conceived and born. But the Bible has several instances of that happening. We know that Abraham and Sarai had the same situation happen to them. Genesis 17 and 17, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who was a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is 99, 90 years old, bear a child? And that had happened before. But God is the God of the miraculous. Luke 1, 19 and 20. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their times. Putting fleeces out before the Lord. You know, we all need to be mindful that when you put a fleece out before the Lord and you start, well, how will I know that, Lord, kind of attitude, you could be given a fleece like, oh, Zachariah here. He couldn't speak <laughs> until... Until John was born. And that was his fleece. So you better be careful holding out those fleeces. Because the Lord may, um, he may teach you a little bit of a lesson. And I believe Zechariah got a little bit of a lesson taught to him when he was made mute from questioning the blessings of God. You know, and and that doubtfulness is very problematic. Uh, we know that in Mark 16 and 14, afterwards, he, this is Jesus, afterward he appeared to the eleven themselves 
as they were reclining at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who saw him after he had risen. Let's not be filled with that unbelief. Now, a few concluding thoughts. First off, is that if God promises it, he will come through. No matter how impossible it may seem, God will come through. It was completely, utterly miraculous that Zechariah and Elizabeth had that baby boy. It is completely, utterly miraculous that that baby boy in his mother's womb could sense the Savior of the world was coming. It is miraculous. God will see things through. And we need to believe God and take him at his word. And no matter how hard times are getting, we need to look to Jesus for those promises. Okay? Well, friends, good Lord willing, I'll be back with you next weekend. You have been listening to The Gospel Mailbox with Donnie Bryson. If you would like to contact the ministry, you may call Donnie at 423-355-3859. Write Donnie at P.O. Box 2446, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37409. Or email him at this email address, preacher at thegospelmailbox.org. 